Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. You know, uh, like Zach there with the ground ball potential and extra innings. So um, I think just, you know, pitch selection and execution kind of came into it. But uh, have no, you know, Nate was coming in when, you know, we tied it there in the 10th. So I think it's you try to find the right spots for everyone. And, um, you know, we're not going to shy away from Nate. I mean, I don't I have to music will take a while to grow on it's Blair and Barker for a Monday it's our new theme Barker uh, sat down and put this together Hours. last night on the, on, on the guitar Hours. yeah it's your new theme uh, that was John Schneider, manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. Kevin Barker explaining oh. what the hell happened poor, yesterday. Poor little, yeah, John Schneider, this is this is what we're talking about. Whenever it says you don't have a bunch okay. of dudes that you can just can basically I just go, say, go time get them. Can I call? We're thinking pockets four innings before, uh, ahead of time. I, I it's got hard your, to do. I got your pocket right here. Just time, time, time out. Let's stop. Time out. Huh? Time out. What? Time out for a minute. Just time out. They have won five out of six. I was going to say, let's just say that the Jays lost 10 8 to the Mariners yesterday. Well, you were going to ask me the question. Yeah, I was, but, of, I, but I was of going what to. What went on? That's but I also know that you have said, well, you've said this, frankly, for two years now, so it's not just one year, but you've talked about the need for no brainers in the bullpen. There you go. And I wanted to tee up, I was going to tee up by saying, by and large. By and large, this year the bullpen's been good. Absolutely, the bullpen no has question. Uh, the bullpen's been on a roll. So, you're so, exactly right. Did what you see yesterday from Zach Pop and Anthony Bass and and, and Jimmy Garcia, bearing in mind that Eric Eric Swanson and, and Jordan Romano were not available yesterday, the game would have been different if they were. Did did sure. did what you see yesterday undo for you a lot of the good? you saw from the bullpen leading up to that game? No, absolutely not. Like, I, I've said this, and I'll continue to say it to you and anybody else that asks me, their bullpen's good enough to make the playoffs. But when playoff time comes, John Snyder just told you everything you need to know. This, if this is the same exact bullpen, now, obviously, the two dudes that were not available probably will be available when it comes playoff sure. time. So the game, the outcome, Anthony Bash, you probably ain't seeing like, he's probably the one name because of the slider and the velocity, just for whatever reason, hasn't been there. He and, might and be I, the one little adjustment they're going to have to make and throughout I was the season. Say, because I think sooner tre- than later, Trevor Richards has, has probably... Stri- he's been striking out a bunch of people. I was going to say, he's changed up really good, but you've got to be careful himself, with him. But he's pitched himself... He, I would say he's pitched himself off the off the ledge. Maybe, the maybe. Like, they're a really good team. They're a playoff team. When we have conversations about their pen, it's not the regular season. It's the playoffs. When you're facing, you're probably going to get Seattle. I would think Seattle's got a good team, too. They're going to figure out how to hit balls again. They're going to figure it out. Teoscar's not going to struggle all season. He'll do, he'll do something to help them that team win a baseball game or two. They're going to be right there. Who's going to come in and get the big timeouts? 
without John having to sit over there just like he did. And the first thing out of his mouth is pockets. Pockets are tough in the playoffs when you're facing the best of the best and you're asking for guys to face a guy like Raleigh and say to yourself, okay, <clears throat> catcher, I'm the pitcher. How do we keep him from not hitting the ball over there? My slider's been decent, but it's because everybody's hitting a buck 36 off my sinker. How do I get him, if he's going to put it in play, to hit it over there? And if we miss because it's the 10th inning and there's a righty on deck and the base is open, if I walk him, I walk him. That, I think, is the – sometimes you got to learn the hard way. I believe that's what Zach probably did is learn the hard way. But here's where if you're Kirky, you call timeout and you go, hey, we understand who's here. The slider, I know I called it. I don't like that. Timeout. How about I set up a way? If I get him to chase it, I get him to chase it. If I don't, he goes to first base. I'm, I'm attacking the righty. And if I the lefty that's after the righty, I'll take my chances. I know he's hit a granny. I'm going to take my chances with him. I'm going to go sinker away with him too because my sinker is really, really good if I just don't throw it down the middle. And you're a big leaguer now, Zach Pop. You should be able to, late in the game, to not throw it down the middle. That's what big leaguers do. He threw two sliders to Raleigh. Yeah, it's not. I mean, again, it's... Would you rather seen a, a, a sinker than a slider? Maybe. You get him geared up, you get him cheating, you show him the sinker, <clears throat> I'm then not you certain. throw him the slider. That that would be, if, I'm you're not gonna, if you have to throw the slider, yeah. which they're married to their secondary pitches down there right. in that pen, they're going to throw a bunch of them. I'm not that's, certain I double up on it, right? Uh, I'm not certain I double on he's look, double up on it in that situation. He's looking though. to get frisky. That that is his. That's why he's hitting the milli order with runners on base. He is looking to get the head out. Get a little extension and do exactly what he did. And it's that's a tough loss. Like I get it. They've won five out of six. They've won seven out of ten. Like they've had a really good run. Their starters have given a bunch of chances. Like yesterday, they were down four nothing. I so did you think the game was over? Uh yes. With who yeah, with uh, Marco Gonzalez on the mound, that lefty changeup, you know, just wasn't working. The location wasn't good on it. Give the Blue Jays credit. They battled back. They took the lead. Then they had a four-run lead. You're thinking with that pin, holy moly, thought, what have they been doing? And then you come to find out two of your main guys is not available. That sort of hurts you a lot. And now John's sitting over there going with Petey, who we got? That's why you saw a guy get up one time. He sat down for three innings. I he got thought, back up again. Like you I got thought dudes we were going to see. I thought we were going to see. Door down I there. thought we were going to see Nate Pearson for a minute because Nate Pearson got up. And I thought, what the hell? Here's a chance to see. Well, you're Here's married. To, you're see. married to Nate Pearson. No, I think, I'm saying, I think they want no, to win baseball. No, game. no, no. I, I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that's what I would have done. But Nate, Nate was up. I mean, we saw it on TV. Nate was up in the bullpen. Yes. I thought, okay, uh, trying to find the best spot to put him in, and then Bass sort of comes in and kind of ruins it. Yeah. Well, I mean, he just hasn't been. He hasn't been good all year. He hasn't pitched in five days. There's a reason why he's pitching five days. And now they were thinking, okay, we have to use him here. <laughs> We don't have any choice because of who's not available. So. Let's, let's talk about Chris Bassett's day, uh, which I was going to say, which also has to do with Mark Carlson's day. Uh, let's face it, the Mark Carlson did not have a good day behind the plate. He had a really bad first inning. Um, you know, Bassett gives up four runs. Taylor Trammell hits a slam. I mean, Bassett had... Uh, I mean, Bassett... Bassett had, to get, had, had, had Kalnick struck out. I mean, there were two pitches that were... There were two pitches that the strike box on TV showed were strikes, but I mean, they, I didn't even need the strike box to tell me that they should have been called strikes. And um, yeah, I, I, you know, we've seen that happen, right? You miss a called third strike. You should be out of the inning and the inning 
the inning becomes unraveled for Chris Bassett. It, it is for me. He's a veteran guy. He's been around a long time. It, it's not the umpire's fault that he threw a changeup right down the middle and gave up a grand slam. I get what happened before that. You made a, a solid pitch. You didn't get the call. You should be used to it. Like, well, he hasn't watched the baseball games like everybody else does. The umpire's are not perfect. He's a veteran guy. He's been around a long time. That's when you bear down. You make a better pitch. Uh, Caleb Joseph. He just Joseph. didn't make a pitch when he when he needed to make it. But he give him give him credit. He got him exactly where with that. I mean, you're thinking after the 38 first pitch inning, he ain't going to go very far. So you're thinking about if you're John Snyder, I got to get somebody ready for the third. Mm-hmm. It's not the easiest thing to do. And then all of a sudden he goes Especially five when innings. Especially have two guys down. And he gives you a decent <clears throat> chance. Should have won the baseball game. That's what good pitching does for you. Uh, Caleb Joseph pointed out on uh, the telecast that, um, and uh, this is something I, I don't like. I don't like to make it sound like I'm piling. I pile on Alejandro Kirk defensively all the time because I, you know, the framing numbers from last year. I, I get all the analytics behind it, but man, it sure seems to me, sure seems to me, Kevin and Caleb pointed this out. His glove moves moves way too much. Like, you know. What, what what's the old line about? Don't worry about stealing strikes for me. Just don't, don't cost strikes. me strikes. And you're it, right. We it, all we we understand what umpiring is like in the majors. All kidding aside, we understand what what umpiring is like in the majors. But when I hear someone who's caught point that out, I gotta wonder. I didn't think Alejandro Kirk. I didn't think he had the best game he's had behind the plate. And my sense is. My sense is we're seeing more separation between him and Danny Jansen defensively. Boy, you, you're taking all, that away from one pitch. You you you, you basically eliminated Kevin, he, Kirky Kevin, no, I, for I, one pitch. I have not eliminated you're talking about. Kevin, it's the one pitch Kevin, that he's he dropped, he's didn't dropped, get a call. He's dropped pop-ups this year. He hasn't, he, you know, we've talked about how good Danny Jansen's been with the starters. Yeah, we've I'm, talked about how basically when a starter is scuffling, they hmm. give Danny, it's like, here, Give Danny Jansen, let him fix it. Yeah, maybe. Look, this this gets back to that umpire thing. It's, I, umpires have seen the the moving of the glove forever now. Like this is not a surprise anymore. I, I, I find it hard to believe that an experienced umpire that's been around for twenty years would see a catcher stick it, move it a foot, and be like, "Oh, he moved it a foot. It must be a ball." You've been around forever. Like I, you would think they they're over this by now, right? It's maybe it's the ball that's down. Because it's hard for that umpire to basically stand up on his tippy toes and peek over the catcher's helmet and see actually how low it was. And you're seeing the last move that he holds it. That's why you get the the bottom stolen strike. But the one that's away, he's right in front of it. Like it's, it's, that's, I think sometimes we give catchers way too much credit for all the hand movement that's still in the strikes. Well, they and get paid for that. That's that's a I, measurable stat. I, I guess. That's that's a measurable stat. That's uh, We've had Morgan Sword say one of the reasons that they will never go to, to, an, to an automatic balls and strike, fully automatic balls and strike system is because the Players Association doesn't South, want it. Sal Fasano always talks about they try and steal one pitch an inning. I get it. That's nine a game. That's what you're trying to do. I understand that. But I'm I'm saying you can do that to a first-year umpire, but to a 20-year veteran who's been around forever that sees that it was in, wasn't down. That's my point is I get the movement and, and you know, catchers want to be as quiet as they possibly can, and they don't want to take away from what a strike is because they that their pitcher needs that. But that's 
I, yeah, Danny Jansen's had a really good season, and he's put himself in the conversation to be the guy when they need that one game. But you've been watching Kirky hit. Well, that no, that huh. gets to my that gets to my. Huh. Well, we will we will talk about about that in a few minutes. The Jays go to Fenway Park tonight for the first of four games against the Red Sox. Uh, as they start a road trip, we'll have the game on Sportsnet 590. The fan of Sportsnet, Mr. Barker and myself, will doing blue. We'll be doing Blue Jays talk uh, all uh, all week long following the games. The weather in Boston. I mean, the weather's kind of iffy in the, iffy on the East Coast right now, but uh, it, it does seem as if they'll they should be able to get that game in at uh, Fenway Park tonight. And we'll talk about the lineup in a minute and what we may see. Cause I think we're all, we're both in agreement here that Alejandro Kirk is probably going to move into, he's probably going to move into the cleanup spot is at he? some point soon. Will, will move he? up ahead of, I, 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 I listen, I, I don't see why he wouldn't. I liked yesterday's lineup. You know, Merrifield is Mer, Merrifield deserves a more responsible spot in the lineup. But I think at some point, Alejandro Kirk's got to move up into the cleanup spot. Um, I, I just yeah, I'm do. not or, sure. Or I, I at think least, it might, or I think at least it, fifth. I think it might be because Chapman's hitting a lot of a, a lot of doubles. Kirky hits a lot of singles. It would take two hits to score Kirky right. from so first. You, so okay, so you, fair enough. So, so you may flip flop. You may flip flop him and Merrifield you know, again. I think this is you're, you're sort of surrounding. It's Varsho, right? It's the conversation around Varsho. What you, you started the season him hitting cleanup. He yeah. hits fifth against lefties. For me, that's over. Like I like as soon as you go. Six for fifty-six with sixteen Ks in fifteen games. That's over. Like I, oh, I, I'm a big fan of his too. He seems like a really nice kid, and and he'll figure it out, and he'll be a good player. But right now, Whit Merrifield's eight for his last twenty-four. Alejandro Kirsch seven for his last twenty-one with a homer. We all know what Chapman's doing. We know what the first three guys are doing. There's six dudes right there that I've just mentioned that deserve to hit in front of Varsho. Yeah, and you know you made you made the point a little earlier, or I should say when. Actually, when we were talking before the show, we know that part of the reason the Jays wanted to get Varsho and 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 went out and signed Kiermaier and got Brandon Belt is they wanted to add more "quote unquote" balance to the lineup. They wanted to have more lefty hitters. They wanted to change the picture that the pitcher sees on the mound. But the simple fact of the matter is, if none of the lefties are hitting, and I'm going to exclude Kiermaier because Kiermaier is going to be a dude down in the Belt order. Belt too. Belt's giving you basically nothing. So. Yeah, but but Kiermaier down in the order is fine. Kiermaier doesn't doesn't factor it's into Varsho. this. It, he was supposed to but, be the guy, right? Yeah, the, yeah, those those other two guys. I mean, if they're not giving me anything, then what the hell? I'll run out my six righties. I'll go righty, 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 righty. If I'm not getting anything out of the lefty. You know, it's it, well. I mean, he's playing great defense. He's running the bases when he gets on. Yeah, but I'm he, saying offensively. I'm yeah, saying yeah, offensively. He's, he's giving you nothing. It's like Groundhog Day now. He's no, he did bass. walk it off on he, Saturday. He which, gets, you know, it's it, again. It gets back to that balance thing. Does he? Does he warrant putting him up in the fourth five hole? Absolutely not. And now you're going to Fenway Park with the short porch and left. He don't go the other way. He's not going to use that. He might go to left center occasionally and by accident. He's a dead pull hitter. You got better options there against a bad rotation to get the head out a little bit and use the green monster. Put your best five or six dudes up front. What's John always say when he comes on this show? If you earn it, you're hot, you're going to move up in the order. Well, it, it can go the other way also. Again, I'm not piling on this guy, but this is just the way it is, right? And it seems like his outs are the same way over and over and over and over again. If I'm an opposing manager, do I have to think an inning ahead and when he's coming up? To where I might have to use a lefty? No. 
Uh, we do have to talk about Saturday's game. Uh, Kevin Gossman, <laughs> 20 whiffs with a splitter. Most swings and misses in a single pitch by anyone so far in 2023. No pitcher in the pitch tracking era, which is since 2008, has had more whiffs than a splitter. Uh, it, until Gossman's 20, it was Shohei Otani and Gossman tied with 18. And we talked about the uh, the walk-off, uh, the Jays are being no hit through six and two-third. <sighs> I mean, Kevin... <laughs> Gossman hit 97, what, five times, six times? It's almost you, almost, you almost expect stuff like this from him now. This is why he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Like, this is, he's turned himself into that. Now, with uh, being able to throw a strike with a split finger, being able to eliminate a guy, being able to throw it four or five times in a row to a good hitter that basically has no chance. If I'm in a big spot, you're getting it. You got nothing to do. There's nothing. You're, there's no way you're going to stand there four or five times in a row and take it. You ain't going to do it. Sooner or later, I'm going to get you to swing at it. If I throw it because it's repeatable, it looks exactly my, like my heater, and I'm going to tunnel that thing almost to the very end, and it's going to fall off the table. It's going to get you in swing mode. I Again, this is – we had the conversation of if you need a big game, one start. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no question anymore. Like you, There's no working it around because Alec Manoa finished third in the Cy Young, and he's homegrown. There's none of that no more. Like, you need a big start. He's solidified that where even when he don't have his velocity, he can add a little 91, a little bit of movement. He can – you know, the slider hasn't been great for him. That's why he goes away from it. I think there's two reasons. You know, it's not been great, and the split finger has been excellent. When you got it, why would you have to throw it? If you, if you don't have to, don't. And gives him a bunch of different weapons. He doesn't walk anybody. Most of the time, he doesn't give up a ton of homers. Yeah, I mean, he's borderline excellent. What did you make of Manoa's start Friday? I think Manoa's fighting something. What that something is... I mean, we saw him in the dugout yelling and screaming about something. Petey had to walk over. I have no idea what that was. I'm not going to ask. It's too early for that. He's fighting something, whether that's mechanics, whether that's it's just, you know, it's baseball's hard. Uh, facing big leaguers are hard, especially when they got a, a book on you and a game plan against you. And, and really smart people are telling hitters that you have to do this against him. If you don't do this, he's going to eat your lunch. And now they're starting to do a little bit of that, right? They'll take a pitch to get another pitch, and maybe that pitch ain't working. I mean, his sinker basically all year hasn't been here. When he doesn't have his sinker to a righty, and, you know, and I know he doesn't have it, and I can take it, and now look for something straighter, and I don't, you know, is a lot of his sliders are non-competitive because he falls a little bit more off to yeah. the first base side. He's fighting there, something. There was a, there was a, a couple of things I found interesting Friday. First of all, the righty and righty changes, which we haven't seen this year through three of them. Uh, fifth inning. Now, he, I'm sorry. He uh, he uh, he gets it. Sorry, in the fourth inning, he struck out Colton Wong with a three-two change. I, I, it just seemed to me like. He had little, I wouldn't say little faith in his fastball, but it seemed to me like he was, it seemed to me like he's searching for something in his fastball. Well, he's pretty, he's been a pretty good pitcher for a guy. This to be the first time we've seen him throw a righty on righty changeup. Something's going on. Yeah. Something's up with whatever's up. What is, what would it, a mechanic? Well, it looks to me like, again, he stands a little bit up on his tippy toes when he releases the ball. That's why the ball goes all over the place. Like his release point is way too high. If you notice the year he got caught up and last year, he was knee, his back knee that he was uh, pushing off the rubber with was almost touching the ground. It's not that way anymore. I don't know why that is. 
Could be numerous reasons, but that would keep him grounded to where he's really diving, and that's why you saw all the late swings and the late movement on his pitches, and he could control his pitches a little bit better, and he was a tougher take. A lot of, if you've noticed, his righty on righty slider, they take it out of the hand. Woo! Ball one. He falls behind a lot. Now you can eliminate the sinker in, right? You can't go up and cover the entire thing. This is what I said. Smart people telling these hitters, you can't do that. You got to split that thing in half and give him one side or the other until you get to two strikes. That's what you're sort of seeing. Why would I swing at the thing in if I don't have to? Now he can't get the slider over when he wants to. Now he's in trouble because I'm in 2-0, 3-1, 1-1. Those are swing counts. Swing counts when you're trying to get me out a certain way makes me a better educated guesser, gives me a better chance to hit you hard. That's sort of what you're seeing. And I'm not saying he didn't battle through it and he gave him a chance, which is exactly what these guys have been doing. They figured it out. Whether that's the pitching coach or game, whatever it is, they will most of the time give you a chance. It's just that, why do we see righty-on-righty changeups now? Hmm. All right, let's talk about... Let's talk about Bo Bichette. Let's talk about the offense. Let's talk about that home run yesterday. 460-foot, three-run home run. Longest of his career. Uh, you've talked about wanting to see him bridge somebody at some point in time. He's an inside-out guy. Inside-out guys, you know, and he he likes getting hits. He ain't up there a lot of the times to get frisky. When's the last time you seen him take a big daddy hack and his helmet flies off? I don't think I've ever seen one this year. Not th- No, I was going to say... I. I remember one, and I, 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 I actually might have been yesterday because I remember Danny's call was he, Bo was trying to, it looked like he was trying to hit another home run. I remember Dan's call on it, but so it's rare. But it is, is rare. my point. It he, is rare. He, he yeah. is he has found something with his mechanics that allows him to get that front foot down. He's got a lot of moving parts. I mean, he kicks it to his ear. His bat wrap is more than anybody's in baseball. I mean, it's basically touching. His left ear. Yeah, yeah. When he when he kicks it and it goes down and he gets the separation, his barrel is almost by his ear, which is to be able to play catch up like that, stay inside out the baseball and hit velocity over there. Look, Marco Gonzalez, yeah, I know what the approach is to try and stay through that. He throws the change up where he wants to throw it, you're out. Mm-hmm. You ground over the shortstop. Yeah. You just gotta hope that he throws it down the middle. Cause if he throws it down the middle, it's a batting practice fastball. That's how far it goes to 460 feet. So he's a really good hitter. I mean, I don't know what else to say. That That's sort of when the parts are moving the way they should be moving and he gets the front foot down because his hands are so special. He has bat speed that's elite. He has a hip rotation with that back hip. I talk about that all the time. Him and Vladdy back-to-back have the best, some of the best hip rotation in baseball. They have to with what they do. Vladdy, all the moving parts, his fluition, that's a lot going on. His hand moving is a lot, right? It's, it goes, it starts up, it goes down, it goes back up. That's a lot with dudes that are throwing hard. Why do you think the pitcher stands out there, get the ball with like nine seconds left, and stands and makes Vladdy stand there? He ain't doing that to get a rest. He's doing that to try and disrupt Vladdy's timing. So, yeah, these guys are elite. They're going to score a bunch of runs. It's just sort of, you, you know, what if you could get Varsho ready and hot mm-hmm. and, you know, figuring out his lower half and, and not a push and a rotation and laying off the – because sooner than later, he's going to have to lay off the elevated fastball. Like the book's out. How do you do that? And if they can do that now, all of a sudden you're talking about that balance. Now if he gets hot – 
a manager that will force a manager to have to bring in a lefty, and that'll change things for the guy behind Varsho. They got a really good lineup. You know, as long as they have a competitive at bat, they'll do what they're supposed to be doing. So the uh, as I mentioned, the the Jays are in Boston for a four game series starting tonight. Seven ten is the first pitch. Jose Barrios against Corey Kluber. Uh, tomorrow it'll be Yusei Kikuchi against Tanner Houck. Alec Manoa takes on Nick Pavetta. Kevin Gossman against Brian Bayo on Thursday. Thursday's game, by the way, is a 6-10 first pitch. And uh, Rob Bradford from WEEI in Boston will join us uh, later on in the show to talk about the Red Sox, who are hanging in in a really tough division. Jason Stark of the Athletic join us at 11 o'clock. We'll take a look at the first month of the season, what trends we can believe going forward. We'll get Jason's take on the Blue Jays and indeed the AL East, a division where, again, teams are what is it, 500 and over. Um, and 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 it's if you start looking at the numbers comparing the AL East to other divisions, it's I mean, it's just Yeah, the, well, the schedule silly. for the Orioles is about to get real. We're going to find out. We, we will find not. out. We'll, uh, we'll yeah. talk about that in our next segment. When we take a look, our regular Monday look around the AL East, we'll touch on the Orioles' schedule. You know, we talked about how soft the Rays' schedule was. Wow. The Orioles, the Orioles got a gift from the baseball gods as well. We'll take a look at the Orioles, figure out what's going on with the Yankees, look at the Red Sox, touch on the Rays. You think the Jays had a topsy-turvy weekend? It was nothing, nothing compared to the Rays, and we'll have Jays tickets to give away. It's Blair and Barker for a Monday. On Sportsnet 590, the fan, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Got a little George Michael stuff happening. This song. A little gotta have faith. Yeah, it might grow on me. Hand clappings. I, I I definitely picked this song for you, Jeff. For sure. I thought there'd be a little twang in this song. I thought I there'd be a little... that. Well, you shouldn't. I'm not... Uh, no, because anytime you play music in here, it's always... I mean, the only thing we agree That's on is... That's not true. The only thing we agree on is Miley Cyrus. I play a lot of different music. Yeah, I know. But, but you you know, you play a lot of guys like, you know, guys who have two first names and, and you know, like Jimmy Ray and all that. <laughs> Anyhow. It's amazing. Miley Cyrus, Cyrus we, we do agree about, though. That's, mm. that's one we agree about. Uh... Got Jays tickets to give away later on in the show. <clears throat> With our Blue Jays trivia. Hey, here we go. Oh, this isn't the trivia question. This is uh, something else. Uh, so we'll be giving away Jays tickets later on. And uh, Rob Bradford from WEEI in Boston will join us, as will Jason Stark. The first month 
of the MLB season is in the books. It is a Monday, and you know what that means, Kevin? What is it? That means... In the East. It's time for In the East. You didn't change the tune for this. I like it. Yeah. Well, uh, my friend Mr. Barker, it uh, wasn't just the... It wasn't just your Blue Jays who rode the roller coaster this weekend. We talked about this. But the Tampa Bay Rays. Nice weekend for the Rays. Being no hit by Lance Lynn. By the way, the Chicago White Sox are continue to be the biggest tire fire in baseball. Anyhow, we'll talk about that in a bit. You go from being no hit by Lance Lynn to getting this from Josh Lowe in the seventh inning of the game. Now a shot off the bat of Josh Lowe. That ball is going to get out. Is it? It's over that line and into the seats. Back-to-back home runs. Josh Lowe has hit one. And that will make it a 10-3 ball game. Yeah, that was a uh, final blow in a 10-run. That's right, 10-run seventh inning. So Dwayne Stats needed to quickly do some math here when he was calling the so and that will make it 10 to 3 indeed they were no hit from being no hit to being ahead 10 to 3 is quite something and uh, while it even got a little much it even got a little much for Kevin Cash the manager of the team who was discussing that inning afterwards do you recall any games in your career playing or managing that kind of compared to this at all, or is this kind of a one-off? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of ball games. I mean, we, we, we did a good job in the sixth, seventh, whatever inning it was. <laughs> Cash doesn't see what he did there. He doesn't yeah. even remember what inning it was. Well, it's like you said, they were four and, four and three in the week. They finally lost a home game, which is a big deal. But you start digging a little bit more into their stats. They got four guys with seven homers, which is a lot. They got four guys with five homers. This is the stat that we've been talking about with the Jays all year. The starters ERA is second in baseball at 322. Yeah. That, that's for the Rays. The Jays are 10th. I just wanted to throw that in there sure, so people sure, can understand sure. that. The Rays are 30th in starters innings pitched at 134 and 13. The relievers are first in innings pitched. It's not no bueno. You can't do that, no. right? So this is what I said. The, the record's nice. They've gotten off to an historic start, obviously. I mean, they finally lost the game at home, which is something in itself, no matter who you're facing at the big league level. But can you can you continue to do this, like, no. all year? Well, you just gave me a segue because Sunday rolled around. The Rays are cruising to what would have been their 24th win of the month. They're leading 9-5 going into the ninth inning, and then it all falls apart with the bullpen on the mound. And then Adam Vaughn, well, he delivered the final blow. Andrew Vaughn. One swing does it. Swing and a drive. Deep left field. When it lands, the streak is over. Outrageous way to end it. What a ball game this turned out to be. And Andrew Vaughn with a towering drive wins it. 12 to 9. Yeah, well, there you go. That is the uh, that was your Rays bullpen yesterday. Seven runs in the ninth inning for the Chicago White Sox. Andrew Vaughn with the home run. The White Sox end their losing streak at ten games. Um, well, you know, I think Kevin Cash was kind of philosophical about it after that game. 
you've had so many of these where you've been on the the right side of it, a lot of these come back. But I assume, you assume you'd lose a game late at some point this year. I would imagine, yeah. I mean, hopefully there's not many, but it'll probably happen again, too. Yeah, the Rays have got seven of their next 13 games against the Yankees, three more against the Orioles. Next up, though, who would have thought that a early season series between the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Tampa Bay Rays would be intriguing, yet that's where we are. Yeah, Kevin sounds like a manager. His team is 23 and 6. It really does. It, re- it really does that. Hey, just back off a little bit. Sooner or later, we're going to lose a game like this. But I do wonder uh, about the, that. How many how many innings that the bullpen's throwing? They just can't do that. No. Like, it's just, it can't now, happen. And, 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 you know, they've got, they, I mean, they have some injuries as well. I mean, Pete, Fairbank, F- Pete Fairbanks has been shut down. I, I forgot about this. He's got uh, Raymond's disease, which causes his fingers to lose to lose feeling in cold weather. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so he was not available. And the good news for the Rays, though, we've been talking about this for a while. Tyler Glasnow is going to make an injury rehab start in Durham this week. So Tyler Glasnow will come back. Maybe that'll yeah. help. Although, you well, know, the, you know, the only problem, he's, got, he's probably going to go four or five. He's going to go four or five so in. Here comes another four or five yeah. bullpen arms. Uh, as I mentioned, the Rays have got seven of the next 13 against the Yankees, and they've got three against the Orioles. Speaking of the Orioles, They've played my Oriole. (laughs) Your Orioles. They've played 18 consecutive games against teams under 500. And uh, they've got three more this week against the Royals. Now, they beat the Tigers Sunday. They've won six consecutive series, is something they haven't done since the summer of 2014. And I guess the big story, the big story of the weekend for them, Grayson Rodriguez picked up his first ML win Saturday, striking out nine, allowing Mm -hmm. two hits. Uh, the Orioles, we've talked about it. They're not. I, they're not going away. Yes, their starting pitching is a little thin compared to other teams in the division, but they seem to be able to make it work. And you know, Brandon Hyde, their manager, he admitted yesterday he still catches himself thinking at times about just how far this team has come in a relatively short time. The first month last year compared to this first month of this season, where has this team grown? How's it different? Oh, in, in so many ways. Um, yeah, I think we're just. You know, we're um, obviously bullpen has been a huge difference in the year this year and last year compared to years before. And it's just you know, our bullpen won us the game today. Honestly, um, you know, we're holding on to a four-run, a four-three lead there. CNL, you know, has been scuffling because they wanted maybe the biggest out of the game at the time. And then, um, you know, Cologne in a tough spot. Cano gets them out of that. Just picking each other up, uh, putting zeros up on the board. That's what we happened. You know, that's what we did last year, honestly, too. Is bullpen either keeping the score tight, keeping the score there, or holding on a lead, and and uh, really happy with how they're throwing the ball. Yeah, he should be. And as, as was the case last season, the Orioles. I mean, they're getting more surprises in the bullpen. Last year, it was one surprise after another. This yeah. year, 29-year-old Yenia Cano. He was acquired from the Twins in the Jorge Lopez deal. Kevin, he's allowed no hits, no runs, 12 strikeouts over 11 innings, two saves. He filthy. He is, yeah, and Tyler Wells uh, in the rotation, he's been oh. good. I mean, he hasn't been great, but he's been good. Mateo at shortstop, he's hitting over 340. He's got six home runs, 17 RBIs. Their offense, Jeff, I know you talk about this a lot. We talk about this with the Jays when they're struggling. The offense for the Orioles is fourth in baseball and walks. Yeah. First in the American League. That's a big deal, right? So, you know, they're they're pesky. They're, they're not, I don't think, great in any part of their game, but they're good everywhere. They're going to be a pain all year, I think. You've got a choice. Jays bullpen, Orioles bullpen. 
Can you give me another three weeks? Yeah, I'll give you another three weeks. We talked about Yenny, uh, Yenny or Cano, and uh, I should learn to pronounce his name since it's probably going to be around and may end up making the All-Star team this year. This was Brandon Hyde on on kind of his, the, uh, the, the found money they have in him. I can't even describe it. <laughs> Has anybody ever seen that? Nope. So it's undescribable. Um... <laughs> Yeah, he's just, I don't know, he's up there with a ton of confidence and he's throwing a ball that's moving two feet down at 95 miles an hour and with a good changeup also and uh, take your chances on probably either a ground ball or or a punch out. So um, he's been enormous for us. I mean, you got to, you know, you give the Orioles front front office credit. They've, they've, bad pun, but they've hit it out of the park with, with their, I mean, just, just the relievers they find, wherever they find them. Yeah, it is. Again, you give you give a manager some no-brainers, some guys that are hot. The guy that has a ball that moves two and a half feet, you think that's about as no-brainer as you're going to get, right? And yeah. for Brandon to be able to go to him whenever he needs to go to him, you're not thinking so much about pockets. You're just thinking about dude's balls moving all over the place. Lefty, righty, can't hit him. I'm going to throw him in the game whenever I want to throw him in the game. That's a big deal. Give credit to everybody for the Orioles, right? You move the fences back, has made this team more confidence when it comes to their mm-hmm. pitching staff. And now you can bring in dudes with balls that can be put in play. Now, Cano's ball, you can't hit it because it's moving so much, but that's a sinker. Yep. That's a ball that you put in play. But you can put that in play now a little bit more often because that fence is so far, you know, moved back than it was a couple, the last couple of years. So, yeah, they're a good team. They're in second place in the American League East, Jeff. Well, meanwhile, in Texas, the Yankees were being hammered 15-2 by the Rangers Sunday. And, uh, boy, it's a – I mean, they're in, they're in a world of hurt already. Uh, today, they are expected to receive results on an MRI – of an MRI in Aaron Judge's hip. It's uh, – we saw it, it that slide into third base. It appeared originally – a lot of people thought he'd hurt his wrist, which he had, but also apparently he hurt his – hip or he may have aggravated a pre-existing condition he's a big man a big, big man, man sliding into third base yeah. that's a lot of lot of impact on your hip yeah. i guess the good news for the yankees is that they are supposedly going to get harrison bader back this week but my goodness uh they still have a ton of injury issues and you know aaron boone's i mean aaron boone's basically just he can't really say or do anything else other than what he's done I'm not allowed. Not allowed to be concerned right now. It's like we got the we got the guardians tomorrow, and we got to get prepared. Prepare what we have right now. Try and continue to get guys back in the mix. You know that's going to start to trickle in here over the next week, and hopefully the rest of the the month we'll continue to get some guys back that we know will really help us. But in the meantime, we got to find a way right now to just you know you know generate a little bit of offense and. And uh, you know, put ourselves in position to win. Sounded like there was a an old film projector in the background, right? I kept waiting for that. That you know, people are wondering what the hell a film projector is. Well, Never mind, forget about he, it. He, oh, I don't know what that is. He, he's lying, by the way. Because a I, manager lie? He's no, lying. He's, he's lying. Let me tell you why he's no. lying. The, no, the, no, the, no, the, no, la- no. the last 15 games offensively for the Yankees. You ready for me to read these stats? Yes, off? sir. They're last in OPS. This is the last 15 games. They're 27th in average at 215. That's They're 25th in homers with nine. They're 28th in runs with 44. Anthony Rizzo is five for his last 27. DJ LeMayhew's four for his last 24. Aaron Hicks shouldn't even be a big leaguer. Stop He's hitting it. 159. Torres is 10 for 55. The Torres thing, 
that rubber's met the road. That's about to change. I, I believe so. I get what he's saying out loud, which is exactly what he's supposed to say, but they're in fourth place. They're not a real good offensive team. They're going to have to figure it out in a hurry. And now, by the way, the Orioles are playing. Mm-hmm. Now you're trying to catch three teams instead of only two teams. You thought the you thought the Rays and the Blue Jays were going to be good. You didn't think the Orioles were going to be this good. Now you're you're facing three instead of two. So there has to be panic there. There, there you would think there would have to be. Glaber Torres is. They've been waiting for Glaber Torres to become one of the next members of the next sort of I mean, Yankee core for a long time. And it, it's, I, I'm with you. I think it's about, I, I think it's about time where you start looking at him as a, as a change of scenery guy. And Aaron Hicks but is about two days away from being released. Yeah. yeah. But without Stanton, I, you know, and now if Judge is out, it, it's uh, going to be, going to be awfully hard for them. Uh, the Red Sox, meanwhile, well, I mean, they've got their own health concerns, especially when it comes to starting pitching, but man, they just, they keep hanging in. And uh, they will start a four-game series against the Red so- against the Blue Jays tonight at Fenway Park. They got some good news actually Sunday. Chris Sale hit 97.8 in the gun, struck out five and six in the third innings. They beat the Guardians seven to one. And look, this is a big step forward for one of the game's elite, although often injured pitchers. He's battling back this time from a fractured wrist, but uh, it's 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 been a hard slog and. There's still a lot of tweaking and changing going on, as, as Chris Sale noted in this post-game discussion. I mean, it was a battle there for the first half of that game, obviously. Um, our offense, you know, they do what they do. And that that's uh, good at bat after good at bat. I mean, you, you, you go up there after, you know, a handful of zeros, and then, um, you know, they don't get down on themselves. They just keep grinding. That's that's the beauty of this team. That's why I love these guys. Um, they're, they're, they're behind me in the playing defense. And no matter what happens, um, you know, they're grinding. Doesn't matter if we're up 10, down 10. Those guys are putting together at bats. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Sale also talked about he's made a bunch of bunch of changes and still still trying to still trying to find his way mechanically. Well, yeah, it's, it's well, you know, it's where his, his lead foot lands and where his arm is to have a good release point consistently. It's almost impossible. He, he's had to make... Some more changes. He's talking about almost gliding in his delivery yeah, you now. Have to, you have to, right? He's been hurt a lot, right? He wants to stay on the field, so yep. he's overcompensating for some things. Offensively, I just read off some bad things for the Yankees. Can I read you some good stuff for the Red Sox? Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're, they're top 10 in OPS, average, home runs, RBIs. They're third in runs. They're seventh in walks. Verdugo is a really nice player. Devers got 10 homers and 27 RBIs. Kenley Jansen's got six saves. I mean, you say that's mm, whatever, but he's got six saves. They've yeah. only had one loss out of the pen, which is a big deal, right? We talked about their pen last year, how atrocious it was. If they figure some things out, Chris Sale gets it going. The righties, like Kluber tonight, can figure out how to add and subtract. He doesn't throw as hard as he used to. It's more about that adding and subtracting and location and how does he get lefties out. If he can turn the corner a little bit, but the way they swing the bat, is there any pressure on this team? Everybody thinks they stink. There's no pressure. It was funny. Uh, Chris Sale comment yesterday about how it's, he said, it, it's not fun swinging the axe all the time and not being able to chop down any trees. That's it. That's a good one. That's what he's on with. I mean, he's had Ken- lots of time to sit over there and think yeah, of those. That he has. He has a ton of time. Kenley Jansen, by the way, uh, may not be available uh, tonight or Tuesday. It depends. He, uh, he's, Hasn't been shut down, but he's, they've been monitoring back tightness with him. So 
Um, he's had that before, dude. He's, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He has had it before. It's something, they've, as I said, they've been monitoring. Mm -hmm. So there you go. That's in the East. Kevin, the first month of the season uh, is over. And, um, I mean, we talked about... We talked about the East. The Rays, 23 wins this month. It is. There, you talked about it's not, it's, mm -hmm. it's not just pitching with the Rays. It's, 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 it's hitting. Yeah, they, have to be, they do have to be concerned about the bullpen, no though, question. because we, we've talked at, at, at length about how teams that made it into the postseason last year, mm -hmm. teams that had success in the postseason, had one thing in common. Uh, yeah. And that was they had a lot of, of innings from their starting pitchers, so their bullpen was fresh. See, they're the one team, I think, that can overcome that. It's just when playoff time comes and you've had to abuse the main guys in your pen and you want to abuse them in the playoffs, you, you basically can't do that. Kevin, so they've got a run differential. Get a load of this. They've got a run differential of plus 103 in that's one month. That's pretty good. Yeah. In one month. Mm -hmm. They hit a lot of home runs, which which helps. They're pitching with the lead all the time. They're a decent defensive team, not a great one. They they catch the balls most of the time they're supposed to catch. Uh, I don't want to say they run the bases better because they hit so many home runs. They're jogging most of the bases they run. Uh, look, it's about their pitching. If they can figure out how to keep people healthy and that rotation continues to give or can give more innings, to save one or two arms a day in the pen, think how, how how good this team could be at the end of the year. Pitching and defense wins championships and timely hitting. Well, you win in the playoffs with homers. Yeah. Yeah, look, yeah, I, this is the thing, though. You look at all those American League East teams. They, they all have their issues. Like, there's no perfect team. You no. name one. It's the Orioles. It's a starting rotation. Uh, the Blue Jays. It's a left-handed hitter and some whatever you're thinking about in your bullpen. Uh, the Yankees. It's health and their lineup. I mean, you couldn't pick out their lineup out of the lineup. <laughs> Get what I did there? I did. Yeah, if you tried. So they all got their little issues that they need to try and take care of. And I would think this is sort of, you Tampa know, you made, you made fun of me about the, the standings and, and what your records were. I think now the, the GMs, the presidents, the managers, they're thinking about it. They're looking at the standings. The Yankees right now are eight and a half back of the race. Eight. They're eight. Eight, eight back of the race. That's Don't make it any worse than That's it is. a lot. They're still only half a game out of the wild card, though. Everybody's yeah, what are they? Are they above 500? Uh, they're 15 and 14. Everybody's above 500. They're yeah. 15 and 14. The Red Sox are 15 and 14. Toronto's 18 10. Baltimore's 19 9. Tampa Bay's 23 and 6. Not as if the standings really do matter. They, but they no, don't. Standings don't matter. But I'll tell mm. you what, in New York, they, uh, in New York, they'll, they'll matter. And, uh, you know, just, just for giggles on Saturday, as I was watching the Jays game, I flittered around social media to see what's being said in Yankees Twitterland. Mm. Yeah, just think if Aaron Boone goes another uh, goes a oh, May fifteen boy, oh and boy. fourteen. What do you think is going to happen there? Well, he's got the contract, um, but I mean, I'm not saying you, you, get you fired, can't. but I'm saying it. Would, no, you can't. You they, can't. They, they, they need to figure some things out. Their well, no, they need to get. They good. need to get healthy. Yeah, I, I mean, it, they are a team. It, it is impossible to look at the Yankees and their injured list and not say that they've been. <laughs> they've been affected by injuries more than any other team in baseball. I, you just can't. You, you, you can't. 
Yes, they're the Yankees and the payroll and yada, yada. Said The fact of the matter is they're missing a lot of their starting pitching. You couldn't take – if you took away from the Jays what they're missing, you take away Stanton. Who's the Jays' version of Stanton? Let's say second-best hitter in the team, whatever. Let's say you take Bo away from the Jays. Let's say you take, I don't know. Uh, Chapman. Chapman away. Or, or let's say you take, you know, well, you wouldn't – they've got Cole, so – Cole and Gossman would cancel each other. Let, let's say you take away good Barrios, good Kikuchi from the Jays, or Bassett from the Jays. I mean, it, it's this is one time when a manager talks about injuries that I, uh, yeah, I, I will give him. I will give him that. But that's not that's that's still not going to sit well. It's still not going to sit well with Yankees fans. And the problem, I guess, this gets to your point about the standings, and we can joke about it. But eight games back is eight games back. It's a lot. And if this division stays the way it has been for the first month, if you're in last place in this division and you got a 500 rec- record, you're still chasing. You're going to be chasing three or four teams. Sure. And you know what? It gets to a point where it's not easy to jump over three or four teams because a lot has to happen and you have fewer games yeah. against those teams in your yeah, division. I think, I think we, can, we can agree that the Rays and the Blue Jays you would think are going to be there. It's yeah. the Orioles. And this is what you asked me about the pins. Which one would I take? The next 22 games, ask me after the next 22 games for the Orioles. Fair enough. And then I'll give you an answer. Fair enough. Because that's where sort of, they, they've, they've done exactly what they were supposed to do. You know, yeah. I, I guess they're a good team now. We can say that. The Orioles are a good team. Good teams beat bad teams a lot. That's what they've done. They've given themselves a little room for error. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to find out. Now you got to pitch better. Now you can't make mistakes late in games. Now that bullpen and the manager has to do the exact right move all the time, right? That's what you have to do against good teams that he didn't have to do against bad teams you can make up for. So it's just fun to talk about, though. The baseball is better when the Orioles are good. I just think they are. Well, the base- I do think it is. As long as Buck Showalter is not managing. That's your opinion. Baseball's like really good when Buck Showalter's team stink. So far, they haven't. That hasn't been the case. They're uh, they're Mets, fifteen and twelve. The NLE. Mets got a good team too. They're going to be right there. Mets. They they've been hurt too. Yeah. Atlanta's best team in baseball through the first month. I I mean, can you argue with the Rays? Rays in Atlanta seven game series right now. I like Atlanta. Yeah. I'm with you. Jason Stark of the Athletic will join us to talk about the first month of the season. What can we believe? What's fool's gold? What is true? What is false? What's smoke? What's real? Jason Stark will break it down for us. I've got Jay's tickets. Rob Bradford joins us as well. In the back leg line, she's open. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Everything Raptors before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Liu. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we've got Jay's tickets to give away to see the Baltimore Orioles. The Rogers Center in May 20th. Rob Bradford from WEEI joins us to take a look at the uh, Red Sox ahead of their four-game series against the Jays. 
And uh, the back leg line is open at 416-413-3959. Want your thoughts on the first month of the season. Your pluses, your minuses for the Blue Jays. Probably do that. You know what? We'll do that tonight. Standings matter all of a sudden. No. We'll do that tonight with the uh, Blue Jays talk as well. We'll ask people for the their uh, highlights of their month and lowlights of their month and their concerns and their surprises, the stuff that makes you happy, the stuff that makes you unhappy. Well, as we look at the standings, <laughs> I did that intentionally because we all know, of course, the standings don't count. When, when do they start counting? They start counting around the All-Star break. Really? Probably the end of June, to be honest. The end of June. Yeah, so the Yankees June. could be 17 out by the All-Star yeah, break. whatever. That's when it matters. Teams have closed. That, now Teams have closed. Now it's go time. Teams have closed. 17-game <laughs> gaps. <laughs> oh, boy. The first third of the year is seeing what you got. The second third of the year is fixing it. The final third you, of the year I'll is I'll give you that. It's, it's about the teams that are in front of you. How many teams <laughs> are in front of you? Oh, that, that, not your record. That gets to, see, I think the, how many teams in front of you, that gets to be an issue about a week after the All-Star game or when <laughs> August. That's when you start looking at it. I mean, really. Again, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, a little. A, 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 a four-game losing streak for the Orioles, a four-game winning streak for the Yankees. Yankees are in second. I, I, I mean, I, I just I can't, get, I can't get worked up about it at this point in time. Mm. But I do know this. I do know this. We're going to bring Jason Stark of The Athletic. And, Jason, thanks so much for joining Kevin and myself. I'm trying to convince Kevin the standings do not matter by <laughs> spending a great deal of time talking about the standings and using it as a segue into this question. As we've all predicted, as we all predicted, I don't know about you, Jason, but way back when the MLB schedule came out, I looked at my friend Barker and said, that Rays Pirates series to start May yeah. is going to be the biggest <laughs> series of... The year. And World oh. Series preview, don't you think? Could be. Could be. Wow. You know, look, I, we've talked about the Rays. I knew the Rays were going to be good. I didn't, I didn't know they were going to turn into the 84 Tigers, but I knew they'd be good. I'd love to tell you I saw the Pirates being 29, that I saw that coming. Hmm. I, I'll tell you how intrigued I was by the Pirates this spring. I never even went to see them. Oh, I was wow. staying like an hour away from Bradenton. So I don't even know why you're asking me this stuff. It's yeah. Well, I listen, I nobody, <laughs> nobody had pirates in first in their bingo card. Trust me. They just, they just didn't. And that can't keep up. Can it Jason? You, you know, look, I, you never know what can happen when a team gets on one of these roles. We've seen a lot of examples over the years where, a team gets off to a big start and thinks, "Hey, our time has come." I, I don't see it. You know, like I knew they had better players. And that's always a, a good way to make um, make a turnaround. You know, have better players. But did anybody see them leading the major leagues in quality starts? Nope. Anybody? Um, at this point last year, they had one quality start. One. They finished 28th in the big leagues in quality starts and then added Vince Velasquez, noted heartbreaker, and Rich Hill, 43 years old. So tell me baseball is not amazing. It is. It's the greatest sport ever. Jason, i got to ask, the, the people that you've talked to that are GMs of good teams, now it's only for good teams, like teams that you think at the end of the year will be right there. 
Yeah. What, do you, what do you think they're looking at the first after the first month of the season? Um, you know, I just had this conversation with a bunch of people who m- meet that description for a column I'm working on that I think is probably going to run Wednesday. And I, I, I really asked that question. What do you take seriously in April? And, and to be honest, the answer is not that much. You know, if if you're the A's, it's well, you've already – shown us what you are. But if you're the Pirates, you haven't shown us yet. The, the, I have a friend who's a longtime executive who has a great expression, Kevin. And that expression goes like this. You can't fool the season. <laughs> if you don't have the talent, if you don't have the depth to survive the marathon, the season will catch up with you. And so I think health is a big thing we look at. Um, it's obviously a big reason the Yankees are where they are, for example. Um, but like the, these things that you see in April that make no sense, like the Pirates leading the league in quality starts, it's hard for anybody to take that seriously, including the Pirates. Do you think people are surprised that here we are after one month and all the teams in the East are 500 or better. Given, given everything, you know, the Rays have had the hot start. You know, the Yankees, yeah, they've had injury concerns. Boston, I don't know if anybody expected. I mean, I thought, frankly, I thought Boston was going to be the worst team in the AL East. I still think they might be, but they're hanging in there. And, and the Baltimore Orioles, of course, uh, you know, have found another reliever someplace who nobody can hit. Um, <laughs> it, it, are you surprised at just how good this division is? And could we be looking at a historically good division? Uh, I actually made this prediction that the Red Sox would finish 500. Uh, I didn't think they were going to finish a lot above 500, but uh, I saw that scenario coming. I, you know, I, I didn't predict Yankees and Red Sox tied for last heading into May. Not, not sure I saw that one coming, but I, I was asking people last week if they thought it was possible that four AL East teams could make the playoffs. And I don't think we can rule it out. And mm-hmm. if that were to happen, that would be historic. Um, I guess the question is, you know, right now three would make it. Um, if the fourth would be the Yankees, who won't make it? Which of those four won't make it? What do you think? Yeah, no, it's I, – I, I mean, it, it, I, I can't make that call right now. I'd still probably say it would be the Red Sox, but – you know, I need to see the Yankees. I need to see the, the Yankees. Well, problem. Let, let, and the, Yankees, the Yankees have a lot of people that need to get healthy and stay healthy. Jason, mm-hmm. that's what would concern me. It's not just getting healthy. They got to stay healthy. Yeah. They're, they, they've been crushed by injury and, you know, Giancarlo Stanton, he's always hurt. Yes. Carlos Rodon. He's a, he, he's always been a walking, uh, a walking IL stint waiting to happen. And, you know, guys like that, they depend on um, Luis Severino, never healthy. And for them to wish for that to change is a lot to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's what makes their path precarious. Um, I think if, just to answer my own question, that, the Jays are going to make the playoffs, and the Rays are going to make the playoffs. Yep. Which of the other three do you, are, do we feel pretty secure that the Orioles are going to make the playoffs right now? Nope. No. Mm-mm. Played one of the easiest schedules in baseball, but they're yes. fun. Absolutely. They are. Yes, they are. That's a great way to say it. From afar, Jason, any concerns with the Jays? Any? It, it, you know, Kevin, uh, 
they're playing like the team that I saw this spring. I, I thought the Jays and the Braves were, I, I think even by far, the two most eye-opening teams that I watched play in Florida. And uh, you're seeing that now. You know, once they got those first few games out of the way, they're, what, they're 17 and 7 since then. And, you know, offense was n- not the thing that I was even wondering about. It was pitching. And s- since those first four games, I, I think you could argue the Jays have had the best pitching in the league. Uh, if you measure it by strikeout rate, uh, whip, opponent average, stuff like that. This has been the best and most dominating staff in the league. And I don't know if I would have forecast that, but that's where we are. Uh, bringing it closer to your home, the Philadelphia Phillies are going to get Bryce Harper back. Ooh. They're 15 and 14. Uh, so they've kind of held it together. They've won seven of their last 10. Uh, they are behind the Marlins who don't seem to lose one run games, but um, where do you think the Phillies are? Where do you, where are the Phillies right now? And what is silly question, but what does Bryce Harper do for them in the lineup? All right. Let's talk about Bryce. Okay. Because this is amazing. I don't know if people have comprehended just how amazing it is. Um, When he had Tommy John surgery, it was five months and about one week ago. Um, they announced they that he was expected back by the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. You know when the All-Star break arrives? It's 62 games from now. Yeah. And he could be in the lineup tomorrow. So this is historic. Nobody's ever come back from Tommy John surgery and appeared in a big league game this fast. Um, so on one hand, I give him a ton of credit for even wanting to do this. Um, but as someone who has done a lot of work on Tommy John surgery over the years, and I, I feel like considering I never went to medical school, I know a lot about it. I do wonder how safe this is. Um, and even over the last couple of weeks, I've talked to people outside the Phillies about how fast this guy's trying to come back. And the word that came up a lot was risky. Um, you know, the sooner he returns, the greater the risk. And I feel like he knows that, but he can't stop himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, like here, here's what I've heard. Okay. Um, to just come back and hit five months after Tommy John surgery is doable. It's left-handed hitter injured his right elbow, not as much pressure on that elbow to hit left-handed. So that part is not the big concern. It's playing the game, even if he's the DH, because we're talking about an ultra-competitive human. What if he has to dive back into first base? Right. What if he's trying to go first to third, and it's going to be close, and he's got to get in there? And he hasn't even done that in a rehab game because they're going to skip that part. I just think that's where the risk is. Uh, I, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, how about first base? Will he play first base, and can he, can he do that? Like, is he well, good at it? Uh, well, if he plays first base, that's going to be a long time down the road. That's, okay, just DH. That's a couple months from now. Yeah. He's got to come back in DH because there's, again, there's just no precedent for a position player or anybody to come back from Tommy John surgery this fast. He's he's a month and a half ahead of Otani's pace, which is the one that they kind of laid out. Crazy. 
Which division leader would you have the greatest concerns about right now? Would it would it be uh, besides it, the Pirates? Besides the Pirates, yeah. Let's leave the Pirates aside for a minute because <laughs> why you why be concerned about them? Because they're enjoy the ride. But but beyond the Pirates, who's got some, who's got some issues? You think that 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 could really come back to bite them? Uh, okay, well, the, I mean, the, I don't think the Rangers roster is better than the Astros roster. So right. I, I think that's a safe one. Um, are, let's see, are we, we counting the Diamondbacks? Yeah. Um, the Dodgers really haven't gotten going yet. The Padres really haven't gotten going yet. Their, their roster is not as good as the Dodgers or Padres roster. Um, but, the, I mean, both of those teams are more flawed than what they were even last year. So I think the, the Diamondbacks could hang in there. Uh, love the Braves. Uh, love the Rays. Um, I mean, they all central so bad. I, I don't see why the twins wouldn't win it. So I, I, I guess I'd go Rangers diamondbacks. You know what? You know, when the Rangers got Jacob deGrom, I kept thinking, boy, if this team gets to the playoffs, you know, they're going to, they're going to be a handful. And then and I'm thinking it'd be great if you could put him in bubble wrap until the playoffs. But then he realized if he's in bubble wrap, they probably don't make the playoffs. So they're just, they're going to, this is just, this is the whole Jacob deGrom experience, isn't it? Essentially. <laughs> Unfortunately, it is. That's it really latest. is. I, you know, what's the best predictor of future health? It's always past health. Right. And what's, what's his past health been? He's always hurt. Um, I mean, just the last two years he had, like, forearm, back, oblique, elbow, scapula. And the concerning thing about this particular injury is he leaves that game, last start, and they announced forearm issues. Mm -hmm. Then they put him on the IL, and I believe the term was elbow. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that like that's a worrisome combination, as you guys know. Uh, you know, I'll tell you, I, I had a conversation with Bruce Bochy in the, at the winter meetings. Uh, we were actually on a, uh, a, a live set MLB network together. So, you know, everybody's supposed to fire questions at the guy sitting across the set from us. So the question I, I, I asked him was, you managed Matt Cain. You mm. managed Tim Lincecum. Mm -hmm. You managed Madison Bumgarner. How did they age? I mean, they, those were dominant pitchers in their 20s. And by Jacob deGrom's age, they were all done. What made him think that this guy would be different? And his answer was talking to him. You know, he, he he's a guy who's highly motivated and yada, yada, yada. And great. Good for you. <laughs> Good luck to you. Yeah. The, 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 the history of different physical issues is too great to ignore. The Mets didn't ignore it, right? And they were spending zillions on anybody who walked in the door. Yeah, I can't wait to hear the conversation after his five-year deal's up, how we're going to be talking about him and the organization. What, what's the over-under on starts in that five-year deal? That's a tremendous question. Will he make 25 a year? That's the question you got to ask yourself. It's we'll got to be 25 starts can, a year. You can give me almost any number, I'll go the under. Yeah, it's crazy, I, right? I'm, I'm with you, exactly. Jason, and it's a shame, man, because he's it's a way more entertaining sport. Oh, he's elite. He's yeah. elite. It's not, a, it's not even close. I, I, I wouldn't be... A, a decent host. If I didn't ask you about the Cardinals, we, we had JP Morosi on. Cardinals got to do it because they're nine. They're ten games out. They're nine games under five hundred. I realize that Jeff yells and screams at me about the 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 standings doesn't matter unless you're ten out 
and nine games under. Like, and then we had JP Morosi on, and I was saying, is there any team to look for that could you could be trading, you know, a pitcher for a hitter down the stretch? Now it may be too early to have this conversation, but they are nine games under five hundred and ten games out. What do you think? What do you think's going on with the Cardinals? I know, man. If you if you would have told me that they would be ten games out of first at the end of April, I would have bet. I don't know, my 401K. Yeah. There was no shot of that. No chance. Their rotation has been a disaster. And somehow or other, they can't even score. So, you know how we were saying with the Pirates that baseball is amazing? It, it's amazing the other way, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've seen teams that were way under 500 that came back and, and won it all, played in the World Series. The Phillies were eight under Last year, later than this, in June, uh, 2019, uh, Nationals are another example. Uh, It's happened. The season is long. But where is the pitching to dig them out of this? That's what I would ask. Yeah. No, I I, I think they're – between them and them and the White Sox, I'm looking at two teams that – I mean, if you're you're shopping for a hitter at some point – and you've got and you've got pitching to give up. Not yep. that anybody ever gives up pitching, but if you've got some pitching depth, you've got to be calling both of those teams. You just have to. Yeah, I mean, the Cardinals have too many outfielders. You would think that they that there's a deal there to be made. Is it enough? Is one arm enough? One yeah. starter enough? I don't know that it is. I really don't. Uh, before he lets you run, the first month is in the books. In general, I think people like the way the new rules, the some of the new, uh, you know, the, the 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 new formatting of the game has, has has kicked in. Do you think that because we keep hearing this right anytime anybody asks Rob Manfred about it that there may be some tweaking down the road to the pitch clock for the postseason, et cetera, et cetera? Do you think that's off the table? Are they just going to leave it the way it is now? Because I like I kind of like the game the way it is. I do too. Uh, I don't know that it's totally off the table. I don't think that the I don't think they've built the table yet. <laughs> you know, I think right now they're just sitting back and watching how this one goes. Uh, you know, that rumor of tweaking it late in close games in the postseason that doesn't really go away. But I don't think that topic's been seriously broached. <laughs> we're we're right. so far away from October. Um, I, I'm with you. I think they love what they've seen. Uh, it's hard not to like it. Um, you know how many three-and-a-half-hour games we've seen? Not, okay, this, this is nine-inning games. How many would you guess? Uh, I don't know if we've seen it. I know yesterday Less than 10. we've had a 3-10 game, uh, I think, is the longest for the Jays this year. <laughs> uh, well, the Jays opening day played one. Right. Right? In yeah. St. Louis? Yeah. Then we went a month Without another one until that game in Mexico City the other day with the 11 homers. Yeah. Oh. We've had two, two, two games in the whole season so far. Wow. How many did we, had we had last year? A hundred? Uh, yeah, at now, least. Speaking of Mexico City, I mean, if they were ever to put a team there, do you think free agents would <laughs> sign there? My God. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I think you get some hitters to go there. but I, Yeah, I don't I, know who'd be pitching. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think you're going to see that. Expansion's all messed up now, but I don't think Mexico City is real high on the drawing board. No, it was fun though. It was a fun, uh, oh my god, fun weekend. Was crazy. Thanks, Jason. We'll let you run, man. Thank you so much. Always good to talk to you guys. Thank you. Take care, Jason Stark of the Athletic, and uh, you can read his his uh, stuff in the Athletic, and he's got that Wednesday column going. He said so. We'll be looking forward to that. Um, 
talking to, as Jason said, talking to various executives of teams that are yeah, you know, uh, that are elite good teams. teams about yeah, yeah. what do you worry about at the well, end of the your month? Camp. Or they're what in your are you camp. thinking about? They're in your camp. But I would think it'd have something to do with your roster, right? Like the, you know, you're talking to John Snyder a couple of times. He's talking about the end of the month. You're talking about that 25th, 26th guy. Do you adjust there? Do you call up a guy maybe that you didn't call up beginning of the season? Maybe that's where you adjust. Everywhere else, it's predictable. Like, what don't you know about the Jays right now? Nate Pearson? Yes. Zach Pop, is he good enough yes. down there the stretch questions to be able to handle question. back-to-back good outings? Can he do it? I That's got it. I've, I've got to think that there are jobs to be gained and jobs to be lost in the bullpen. Oh, there's no question. And Anthony Bass is one of them. And you're right about yes. And and you're right about you're right about Dalton Varsho. Um, I mean, one good three for four, and we're not having the conversation. See, but I does don't, he look like he can go three for four? Not to me. Yeah, that's the way I used to look. <laughs> it it, right. it will. I'll tell so you, we get the same thing over it, and over and over again. It will say something if after all the talk about adding more balance to the lineup in the offseason we get to a point where they're running out six right-handed hitters in the lineup. Well, they may I, have to. They have to. I, I, yeah. I'm not – no, I'm saying I'm saying they will have to do that. But what I'm saying is if you said to Ross Atkins in the offseason that the first week of May, your lineup's going to look basically like last year's lineup looked without Teoscar. It's going to be one, two, three, four, five, six right-handers, and the lefties you got are going to be hitting in the bottom third – I do. My guess is he would have. But you do remember him saying out, well, he said out loud that it's very hard to find lefties who yeah. are better than the righties that we already have. Wait. Nobody would have thought Matt Chapman would have got off to the start. He's gotten off to nobody. It's a great surprise. That's yeah. what you want. It's just I don't know about the Dalton thing. Again, I I, I want to choose my words wisely, but I'd be shocked today if he's hitting in the cleanup spot or or the five hole. Against Corey Kluber? Doesn't make any sense. We shall see. It makes zero see. sense. Uh, we've been giving you the chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here in Blair and Barker, whether you listen on the radio or on our podcast. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question to 59590. Friday's question and answer was, which Blue Jay made his MLB debut with the Orioles in 2013? Shame. Shame on you if you did not know it was Kevin Gossman. Shame. Today's question to win tickets to see the Jays and Orioles down at the Rogers Center on May 20th is a good one. This Hall of Famer is one of two Orioles to have a team record nine RBIs in one game. Again, this Hall of Famer is one of two Orioles to have a team record nine RBIs in one game. Text the answer to 59590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca. Hall of Famer. Slash five nine. That's what you said, right? Yes. All right. I didn't give anything away. No. We should have just said that because now it's a Hall of Famer. It's... I would like to know. I got this one. I will admit because I haven't checked. I don't know who the other one is. I don't know who the other Oriole with nine RBIs is. I'm going to check when we take the break. I got my suspicions, but I'm not sure. This one, though, I got. This is an easier like one. That's a good one. And it you get a, a chance. Good, it's it, a good it, it is a good question. Uh, and again, text the correct answer to 59590. Speaking of numbers, 416-413-3959. The back leg line is open. What's your surprise from the first month of the season? What's your delightful surprise? Your What has upset you in the first month? How optimistic are Can't you? Are you like anything. Mr. Barker? Th- what? Nothing. 
Tell us the truth. Just, you can tell the truth. Mr. Nicely. Tell worried nicely. about the bullpen. What is your... No, 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 no. What are your areas of concern? What are your areas of... So you start stuff. ...of optimism? That's not true. I said it's good enough to make the playoffs. It is. But if I'm John sitting over there, I'd like occasionally just to be able to have my legs crossed and say, go get them, boys. You're good enough for me to stay out of it. Four That'd game, be nice. Four games against the Red Sox on tap starting tonight. Rob Bradford is... Rob Branford covers the Red Sox for WEEI.com. He is also a co-conspirator. I is. With the, and I do mean conspirator <laughs> with Joe Kelly on Baseball Isn't Boring. Yeah. He also hosts the Bradfo Show. He'll join us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The Fan 360 and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's what I'm talking about. Got the little uh, surf music back. Hmm. There's been a coup. There's been a coup in the uh, music area. Huh. Folks have... I, I've got, like, at least 20 DMs from people You're saying, play lying. the old music. You're lying. You don't know 20 people. <laughs> 20 people have said, Twenty play, people play the old music. That's not true. I want to take care of a little bit of uh, personal business, by the way. Um, Mike Shannon passed away uh, this weekend. Longtime voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, you know, well, basically baseball royalty in mm-hmm. St. Louis. Had a restaurant right across from the ballpark that uh, tremendous steak sandwich. Maybe the best steak sandwich on the planet. Wow. Anyhow. Hmm. Uh, but uh, Mike Shannon was a, uh, a, a a big voice, a big personality, and a, and a dude who had a really big heart. And uh, for those of us who were traveling covering National League teams in the 90s uh, and, and into 2000, but especially in the 90s, the late 90s, and, uh, and, 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 and or I'm sorry, the late 80s and, and the 1900s, um, stopping in to talk to, to uh, Jack Buck and, and Mike Shannon uh, in the press box at, uh, at, at Bush Stadium was really one of the, um, was one of the highlights, of, highlights of the season. Uh, there were always people in the, the broadcast booth i mean there'd be 10 15 people file through during the game as i said he and jack buck were absolute baseball royalty and uh mike shannon passed away this weekend it's a big big loss for uh baseball and a big loss for the st louis cardinals and their many fans and uh, his family as well so send our condolences to the friends and family of uh of Mike Shannon and also, as I said, to as many fans, because I know there are St. Louis Cardinals have a big national following, a big regional following. And uh, Mike Shannon is very much, was very much part of that. So, uh, and um, I trust that at some point uh, in St. Louis, after the funeral, there will probably be one hell of a wake for I'm Mike sure. Shannon, because that's the way Mike Shannon would want it. Yeah. Um, the Jays open a four-game series against the Boston Red Sox tonight at Fenway Park. And, you know, we talk about the East, and obviously here we talk about the 
Jays and, and the Rays had a great month and the Orioles are surprising everybody and the Yankees uh, are just, I mean, they're just, they've been hammered by injuries. And it, I don't know if there's been a first month of a season where we've talked less about the Boston Red Sox. No pressure. And you look up this morning, the end of the first month, and yes, the standings don't mean anything, but you know what? The Red Sox haven't gone away. They're 15 of 14. They're just, they're kind of there. Uh, let's bring in Rob Bradford, who covers the Red Sox for WEEI. Uh, he's also a co-conspirator with Joe Kelly. <laughs> Kelly on the uh, Baseball Isn't Boring oh, uh, podcast. And certainly when Joe Kelly was on our show, he oh, was, was not boring. It was great. He was, he, he was not boring. Rob, th- thanks for doing this. Is, like, it, has there been a lot of drama around the Red Sox this first month? Like, it, it, or is it just, it seems to me as if they've almost just kind of flowing under the radar, at least in the national picture. Well, well. first off, as I told you, Producer Mark, I promise I will not swear like my co-author when he <laughs> appeared on, uh, on your program. So I will keep it clean. But, you know, that's what makes him Joe. So I appreciate oh, it, you having him on and listen, appreciate you having me on. Oh, was listen, great. It's, it's no problem. Yeah, he was great. He and, was. And, and trust me, the, the host of this show has said that word, just not three times in one <laughs> one show. But, but I have I, – I have well, – I have – I have let uh, that word drop. That what you didn't well, hear, well, I don't think, is he came close to saying the, other word. the word. Yeah, and I managed to nip it <laughs> right away. Well, I, I will say this before we get to the Red Sox. I just though he struck out the side yesterday. Good for him. Yes. Um. Good for good good for book promotion. Exactly. But also, I I just saw his wife posted on Instagram. He's curled up in a hospital room, and his wife said, should I wake him up to tell him that our baby's about to be born? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I That's forgot perfect. about it. That is Sounds perfect. like him. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. That is perfect. Uh, well, uh, so, I, so do, uh, regardless of the Red Sox, you hit the nail on the head when it comes to is there drama. There's no drama. I mean, that's, that's the thing that's striking about this team is that that there's no contract drama. You had all those expiring contracts last year, Bogarts and J.D. Martinez and Evaldi and go down the list. You, the, your best player is locked up forever in Devers. Um, you, you don't have a lot of stars, which we probably talked about before. Uh, you're trying to figure out who, who everybody is. Uh, and, and so why they're trying to figure out who everybody is. And by the way, by the way, why everyone is not focused on the Red Sox. You have the Bruins, you know, pour one out for them mm-hmm. and, and, and the Celtics going on. So uh, I, I totally with you. It's a great observation that, you know, there's sort of going under the radar here, but I think, and I wrote this today, I think that this series could be a really, really key moment for them, especially kind of coming off, you know, the Blue Jays handling them, 16 times out of 19, uh, 19 go, go rounds last year. Hey, that's a great point. But Kluber's throwing tonight for the Red Sox. He's not throwing as, as hard. He's not throwing as hard the last couple of years. How does he get people out is the, is the question, I think. Great guile and guts. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, no, I, I think that his stuff is still good enough where, you know, he's going to hit his spots, and when he doesn't hit his spots, it's, it's, it's not going to end up well. He can't get away with stuff like he used to. But I, I think that we just have to sort of be realistic about Corey Kluber, which I think he can, he can be a middle-of-the-rotation guy. Uh, he was the opening-day starter. Is he a top-of-the-rotation guy? I don't know. I mean, I think that, you know, he's good and he's bad. He's good and he's bad. 
Um, but for if if somebody somebody else steps up, like Chris Sale steps up, like he did yesterday, mm-hmm. and you have some of these younger guys step up, then that's okay. That's all right. But to answer your question, Kevin, like I, he's just you're just not going to see the same Corey Kluber. You, you you could potentially see a serviceable Corey Kluber, although I <laughs> this is going to be his biggest test by far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just looking at the. Uh... You know, dig, digging into what the Red Sox have done, especially against starting pitchers, um, what the starting pitchers have, they've knocked starting pitchers out before the fourth inning nine times this year, ten times this year maybe. What, is that, what does that say to you about this lineup? It's a weird lineup in the sense that it can be good. Like, so you look at, you wake up and you say they're on the, near the top MLB and run scored, um, yet you've taken out the, the no doubt about it guys like Bogarts and J.D. Martinez in the middle of the order. But, you know, Yoshida has stepped up in the last week or so and been really, really good. He may have been their best hitter. So you have Verdugo, who's running to the All-Star game all of a sudden. So Verdugo at the top, Yoshida. Justin Turner has been – he's been better than I thought he would be. He's been a really tough out. He's been everything that they could hope for. He's not going to be a superstar. He's probably not going to be an All-Star but he's going to be a really, really good compliment. And then you have Raphael Devers sitting there. So you start with those four. That's a pretty good place, even though it's not the, the, the marquee names that everybody would say you're going to spend the money on. And, but I do think that they have to keep these other guys going. You have to get Tristan Casas, who I know we talked about before. He really has struggled out of the gate. Uh, you have to keep the catchers hitting. Uh, you have to figure out exactly what you have at shortstop. You know, and, and don't forget, the guy that for the first nine days of the season was the best hitter in the world got hurt in Adam Duvall. So uh, they've been able to pick up the slack, it's, but to answer your question, I think that they just have to be good from top to bottom. So we know that uh, Alex Verdugo had some words to say uh, to you about Alec Manoa. Alec Manoa will get the start um, Wednesday. Wednesday in this series. Are you expecting any, any blowback at all? Uh, <laughs> um, I wouldn't be surprised. I in mean, you guys are you gonna, know, in other words, are you going to walk up to Alex Verdugo Wednesday and say, Hey, you know, who's pitching, you know, who's pitching. No, nah, no, nah, I think, I think that, you know, and just to clarify, you know, when I was doing that podcast with Verdugo, the topic, that same top podcast, it was, I would talk to Andrew McCutcheon and I right. talked to Verdugo about sort of the emotion of baseball and how it's great. And he brought up Manoa, believe me, like out of nowhere. Yeah. Like that was obvious. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, you you sure you want to do this? Okay. And, uh, and no, he's sure, he's sure he wants to do this. And, and I, I, again, you know, guys know Manoa, Manoa is the one who's going to have to set the tone here in terms of what happens or what might happen. You know him better than I do. I know that he downplayed it when asked about it. Uh, I don't think that, you know, I, I'm certainly have already had part of the conversation. If someone else wants to go up to these guys and go ahead, but I, I'm waiting for Wednesday. I, I do know this is that, you know, before even this happened, you guys remember there in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of chirping going on between these teams. Mm-hmm. There has been. And, and so, uh, so it, it's not only the Manoa Verdugo thing. I think there's an underlying thing that goes back to right after the trade deadline in Toronto in 2021. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, now that you've had a chance to see him for a month and through spring training, uh, 
what is Masataka Yoshida? Oh, man, that is a great question. Like, so I don't think he's a superstar. And that's how, and I said this at the time, that maybe the WBC was the worst thing to happen to him because he did so well. He was hitting behind Otani. He's hitting cleanup. And then, you know, everyone's expecting, oh, this is the next superstar. I don't know if he's that. Uh, and I've, I've used the analogy of J.D. Drew, and the reason I did was because J.D. Drew was a good player, a, a good all-around player, but he was surrounded by the superstars, and that was okay. He had a big contract, so he was going to be in the crosshairs. Same thing with Yoshida, but I think with Yoshida, he's just a really good all-around hitter. He's already made some adjustments. You're going to see him. He's, he's about as tall as Pedroia, you know, he's, he, but he has the same sort of hit ball the bat skills that Pedroia had. And when, when you're that small, that's so key because they're going to try to beat you on high fastballs and he's not getting beat on high fastballs right now. He's going the other way. He's peppering the wall. He's good enough defensively. Um, so I think he, he's, he's a good player. He's not a superstar, but he's a good player and there's nothing wrong. They need more of those guys. Rob, really good of you to join us today. Thanks Great so much, stuff, buddy. Thank you. Stuff, man. Be well. Always good. Always good talk with you. Thanks so much. Thanks Take care. It's Rob Bradford. He and Joe Kelly are co-writers of a damn near perfect game, reclaiming America's pastime. He also uh, covers the Red Sox for WEEI and uh, also hosts the Brad, Bradford show and uh, baseball isn't boring Jeff, podcast. Jeff, what would be a good year for the Red Sox? Third place, fourth place, not last. Chris Sale makes 25 starts. Is it as small as just that, or is it about winning? What's a good season for the Red Sox? I mean, the, the, understand why I'm saying what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Finishing ahead of the Yankees. Because I think that's kind of I, – I don't think – I don't mm. – I. I don't think there are any ex- there are any expectations in this team. I, I just don't. I think people view this as, you know, kind of stage one, not not stage one, but another step in a rebuild. I think you know, the Red Sox Red Sox fans are smart enough. They're going to look. They look at this rotation. It, it it's hard to imagine this team having a lot of staying power. the The thing that the thing that really stands out to me is as Rob was talking, just taking a look. It's at their offensive numbers, like digging deeper. Mm-hmm. I mean, they wear out starting pitchers in particular. You think about it in one month, mm-hmm. in the first month of the season, they've knocked nine starters out before the fourth inning. Huh. That's hard to do, mm. you know, especially given the emphasis on you got to get starters innings. We talked about the starters innings are important because you don't want to go to the bullpen. You want to delay going to the bullpen. And that lineup, I that lineup has has surprised me. Maybe it shouldn't. You look at you look at the names in that lineup. Does it surprise you that Devers has had the start he's had? Absolutely the, the, not. The guy that stands out a bit, Verdugo, a little bit for Verdugo, me. Verdugo and, and, and also Justin Turner. With mm, if you yeah. look at him with runners and he's hitting like three fifty with runners in scoring mm. position. Yeah, you know, and he's a uh, Justin Turner is. It's a veteran guy. He's, he's a veteran he knows guy. Knows how to win. He, know, he knows how to use that short porch and list. He's, he's not a run producer, but he knows how to. He knows how to drive in a run. It. Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. He's he's hitting second too, which is. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I just wonder what that would be, right? It's the Red Sox. It's Boston. Like, 
they win a lot. Is it is it just that they finish ahead of the Yankees or is third place good enough? You know, is, there have been other years. Fourth place good enough? If not not being last good there, enough? There have been other years where people have looked at the Yankees and have not uh um or I'm sorry, I've looked at the Red Sox and kind of shrugged and thought, nah, they're not much. And they've gone on to win. I mean, Dan Shaughnessy, the year last year, year they won the World Series, wrote a column saying it was the worst. It was he couldn't imagine a Red Sox team any more boring. That was in spring training. Like literally, nobody expected anything. Nobody cared. Nothing was going to happen. They went on to win a World Series. Hmm. Um, but it's <clears throat> this is a different AL East. It is. It's a different it's a AL team. East. Absolutely. And, and we need to know more about the Orioles. We know about the Rays. Yeah. We know about the Jays. I, I think what Jason Stark said makes perfect sense. Like, seriously, two, three, four. The, the Jays aren't going to finish last in this division. They might win it. They could finish second. Could you see the Jays third? Could you see? Yeah, I could see the Jays finishing third and making the playoffs. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I could see them could going down second. to fourth. Exactly. Uh, I, I mean, we'll throw the Orioles in there. They've earned it. We'll, Why not? They, they could finish second. Like, there's a – you wouldn't be shocked – if the Orioles finish second, the make thing the about the Orioles, wouldn't be shocked about the that. The thing about the Orioles too, that and, and we just don't know this, is we don't know how committed their ownership group is right now. To where, if they were in a position where they could drop the hammer in a deal at the trade deadline, mm-hmm. they would take on a big salary in order to get a deal done and would probably they've got enough prospects to get deals done. Mm-hmm. And and they certainly got they've got enough bullpen arms. I mean if they wanted to get creative and put a package together, but we don't know if their ownership is willing is willing to do that. That would be my concern with the Orioles. Is mm-hmm. will they make or are they in a position to make a move if that move could put them over the top? Mm. Don't know. I'm excited to see. I would like to think they are because this is two years in a row now where they've been better. You know, I think they're up good. the middle defense is good. They got a shortstop. They got a, a catcher. They got a center fielder who can all play defense. Uh, they can hit. They're pesky. They have a balanced lineup. They got power from both sides of the plate, and they got a bullpen. And they seem to got a manager that's in tune with everybody. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a big deal to anybody. I look. And and to say that they have zero pressure on them, I mean, I, I hate saying that because I think that's an easy way out to not explain why they're being good. But when it comes to the oral, any expectations on them starting the season? Absolutely not. Yeah. No, just so improve. Go just, out and have fun. Just improve and, and improve. And if you can be better, great. And don't, yeah, there don't you basically go. don't fall off the cliff. Show us that last there year wasn't is. a mirage. There it is. And they've done it. Yeah. 416-413-3959. That is the back leg line. Your chance to leave comments, questions. Suggestions, criticisms. Do what you gotta. Do what you gotta do. Mm. For Kevin Barker, Jim in Vancouver. Jim, what's the game of the weekend and the game last week? Uh, two. Uh, it was visual last week at Kiermaier on Sunday. Everybody in the stadium knew they were going to bunt, mm-hmm. and both of them took the first pitch high, and both popped it straight up in the air. Um, and they want to have talk about attention to detail. I just want to talk about how much practicing is done on the bunt or should be practiced on the bunt. Your thoughts? Have a good day, gentlemen. Well, that's a good question, Thank Jim. You. Not a lot. Like, I, I know those are two of the guys that if they were going to practice, I, and I have seen the little machine out behind home plate, it's rare. 
behind home plate before batting practice. I mean, everybody bunts, everybody bunts in batting practice, but it's like a kind of, right? It's the like first I'm thing you do. Chewing Eat. gum. I'm talking exactly. to my buddy. Yeah. I stick the bat there. I see if the BP thrower right. can hit my bat. If that, is that practice and bunt? No, but I'm saying that's kind of what uh, yeah, they do. I mean, give, look, Kevin, give Kevin Kiermaier a pass on it, on that bunt. He I guess it. I he guess. pushed it. I mean, he's human being. Nine out of ever, ten. Ever. Nine times out of ten. That's, that's heavy. Nine times out of ten. I mean, I'll take seven out of ten. Okay, seven out of ten, he gets that bunt down. <clears throat> Biggio, don't talk to me about it. Well, but, you're down on Kevin. Well, he's, no, I just, I I, I, I. I think they're telling you without telling you what's yeah. going to happen sooner than later. So just, you know. Yeah. Take did. a step back and exhale a little. Let it like, play you, out. You'll be all right. It'll be yeah, all right, Jeff. Let it play It'll be all right, No, but, but what I'm saying is you, you can't. A good question by Jim. Yeah. They they they're not they're not going to go in and, and and take twenty minutes on bunning to the third baseman. Now Kiermaier might have, and I haven't seen it because you know what you, know you what see I in the cage. I don't I have know how no much Varsho's really good at it. And I don't know how much he practices it. Yeah, I don't know. Varsho does it against lefties. I don't know. I guess. But I say this: you're going to You're you're trying to win a hundred games. You're doing that in a playoff game. You know, in the ninth inning after the dude just let off with a double and you tied the game when you probably should have won it already, those are plays, right, that separate you from, say, an Astros team or uh, another team that's really a Texas Rangers team who might be a surprise that you need to get a bunt down against a good reliever Yeah, to put it, to make it easier for the dude to stand on the on-deck circle. You want to win a World Series? Get the bunt down. Let's go to Jeff from Morden, Manitoba. Question, Jim. I'm just wondering if uh, Teoscar doesn't sign an extension in Seattle. Uh, do you think the Jays entertain bringing him back? Uh, maybe just as a DH role to kind of be that cleanup hitter that they're slacking right now. Uh, love listening to the show, guys. Thank you. It's a good question. That's my hometown, by the way. Solid cu- question for the, I know why he's asking it because he saw him take a two-strike pitch yeah. <laughs> to the right field. Not a and chance he does in hell. Than, uh, there's a greater chance that, there's that, a greater, that, I, that they signed me to a big deal. I was going to say there's. <laughs> I was going to say there's a greater chance of. <laughs> I take it, but there's won't. a greater chance of John Gibbons <laughs> and Jose Batista coming back. To, That's it. Coming back to Toronto than there is Teoscar Hernandez. Batista in the leadoff leadoff spot. Absolutely. <laughs> Marcus Stroman oh, signing a seven-year contract. It? I mean, that's a, you put that really nicely. Good job. <laughs> no, I don't, of, I, don't think think that, I don't think that ended Teoscar's, great. Yeah, Teoscar's weekend wasn't uh, that. That's Teoscar. Yeah. I mean, he didn't make it. He's, he he's got a big finish. You don't like the slider. He like didn't, he's, he didn't throw the ball into line. the seats. He's a bunch of right-handed hitters in the big leagues. Do you? Hmm. Do you pay him? Do you give him a big contract as a free Absolutely agent? not. What's big? There aren't a lot of offense. There aren't a lot of three offensive for 60, players Three for 60. He has 20 a year. What's he making this year? Yeah, Somewhere around 20. Close. Right at 20. Oh, he's going to get a raise. He's I'd not say three for 60. For three, for, three for something. Yeah, I don't. Would you, would you give him three for something? No. Not, you know what? Not two the way, 25 not, a year. That's two for 50. Would you give way, him that? No, not the way the game's played now. I wouldn't. No. Got, he's got tremendous power. He can carry your team for a week. How many of those grown trees, Jeff? How many? I bet you can name them on a hand and a half. You know, I ain't many. You know who? You know who I would? Huh? If I was a team like the Marlins, I would consider signing him. I guess a big park. I mean, he does have more power to right field than anybody on earth. Yeah. Earth. I'd I saw him going in the flight deck right center at the Rogers Center with ease when he's blowing bubbles, talking to Vladdy, just 
Tommy Hawking with the big finish. Nobody. Jay, you were standing right beside yeah, me, and I was like, that don't happen. Yeah. Uh, and then they traded or was, got rid of it. <laughs> it was pretty impressive. It was awesome. So, I don't know. Impressive. I don't know. Great song, hey, though. great. Yeah. There's the exit music. Stop talking. You won't have any closer exiting to this. You can do it. Well, that's it for us today. We'll be back tomorrow from Energy. 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 5.9, the fan of Sportsnet 360. We'll be doing Blue Jays talk all week long. We're a starting excited tonight. about that. <laughs> starting tonight after the Jays' first of four games against the Boston Red Sox. Thanks for listening us, to us. You Thanks for watching it, us. Fella. You did it. Have a great day.